You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Geeks Pub. That music, obviously, uh, Mr. David Cohen. I'm Tim Robertson, by the way, for those first listening to this episode and has never heard uh, one previous, which, you know, I don't blame you. Um, That is the theme from one of my favorite Star Trek shows, Voyager. Yeah. How many seasons did Voyager run? I don't even know. I think it was was seven, six or seven. Yeah. No, it was it was more than you think. Was it? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was seven seasons. Voyager. I think it was uh, Enterprise, the one that didn't do full seven seasons. Um. Yeah, I just keep getting the stuff from. Maybe I should, you know, be a little bit more Star Trek Voyager. Star Trek Voyager television series ran for seven seasons. Seven seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved the idea of Voyager. Um, no, well, first of all, let's talk about the theme. I think it's honestly, I, it's one of my favorite themes from any show. There's something majestic about that theme music when it kind of swells up and it's about exploration and, um, but when you, when you kind of draw back and look at what Voyager's about, um, Captain Janeway is in this starship Voyager and she's going after, ostensibly bad guys terrorists yes yep and the uh they were bajorans weren't they well they were it was a collection of yeah they were they were federation people who um opposed cardassian settlement in their space yes Uh, so they were they were like they were a little bit they weren't just simply bajorans they were uh, other people as well right we call them palestinians i think yeah, well, yeah, it was definitely something of that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, especially the first episode, and there's a lot of contention, and yeah. both ships are shunted to the Delta Quadrant, which yeah, right basically the galaxy. Yeah, so for them to even go at warp ten, which they couldn't do, but even if they could, it would take them what thousands of years, something like that. Uh, I think it was, no, it was, I think they said it was like a seventy year journey to get back home. Yeah. Assuming they had no detours or problems on the way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they were right right across the other side of the galaxy. And um, they're effectively isolated. Marquee. So, yeah, so the crews have to join together uh, and then work to make the trip home. She, uh, Captain Janeway, first time you get a female captain. Um, yep. And I, Kate Mulgrew was great in this role. She really she was. was yeah. You know, she went through a lot. And spoilers, she gets the crew home with a little help from by the Borg. Um, yep. But it actually works. And you knew they were going to get home, though. I mean, everybody who watched the show knew that eventually they're going to make it back to the Alpha Quadrant. They're just, they, yeah. they are. Every couple of seasons, every season or so, they kind of got a, a helping hand to get closer. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then obviously, yeah, in the finale, they... They find a way of closing the final distance. Um, actually, one of the more satisfying Star Trek TV series finales, I think. Um, yeah, they in, in terms of the way it was done. I, I I really wanted to see what happened afterwards, which kind of bummed me out that we were denied that. But at the end of the day, only, yeah, not only that, 
it was worse than that because actually I think what they did with most of the characters when they popped up again kind of I, I thought gave them short shrift for what they've been through. You would see Janeway occasionally as an admiral to kind of sat behind a desk telling somebody what to do. Um, and then, well, Jerry Ryan's Seven of Nine has made a really big comeback in Picard. Well, yes, yeah, she has, but it's, it really sounds like having gone through all the growths she went through on the Voyager series, it sounds like she got um, a pretty crummy life when she got back to the Federation, which kind of sucks um, because she was instrumental in getting them back. There's no way they could have got back without the addition of her characters to the crew. I liked um, her character, though. At first, I kind of resented it. I thought, okay, now they got to bring in the really attractive woman and skin tight yeah. outfit, and I, here we go. I hear that. I hear that Kate Mulgrew very much <laughs> felt like that, and they didn't really get on for that reason. Really? Yeah. I apparently they really, really didn't get on, principally because Kate Mulgrew just resented the fact that the character was there. She resented it for those kind of reasons, um, and she just kind of, I think, made um, Jerry Ryan's um tenure work, uh hard yeah make, made her work harder than it had to be because she just basically wasn't comfortable that that she was there i mean which was difficult because obviously yeah. they had well they were meant to have a very good relationship in in the story on the show and therefore you know the fact that every time you stop at every time the director says cut this woman's going to turn around and cut you dead is is probably quite difficult and it's it was i get kate's point in that up until that point, they had some very strong female characters. Um, Belana Torres was a great character. And she, of course, uh, had a security, but she was also a marquee. So she was a bad guy in the, you know, in the pilot. She and, was the engineer. Yeah. Had oh, engineers. That's right. Yeah. And then she uh, develops. She was head of security. Yep. Uh, she starts a relationship with Tom Paris, who is yep. basically the pilot. Um, I mean, the. They they really took these characters far. They and of course you got to have the data character. So why not put that data character with a doctor and make it a holographic emergency thing that basically yep. has to stay on for a very long time? Which, as a program, he resents. He's he clearly says in the first couple, like the first season, I'm not supposed to be on this long, and yeah. he starts developing a personality simply because he's on so long. Yeah, um, really good storylines. Um, I think the the great thing about, um, particularly about Voyager, was that um, it it was a great ensemble show. Yep. All the characters got focus episodes. They all got some character growth and development. It felt very the way it was done. It felt very organic in that you really did feel that these people were going through things. Oh, it, it, obviously it had the the common Star Trek problem of the whatever happens in the episode kind of gets reset by the end, but. Um, they did some stuff to really grow these characters and, and watching this watching over the seven seasons you really kind of got to know them they all had their own different personalities they weren't generic i, I and, think um, the best that was really good the, the best they did on that show was they had a i think it was a malfunction with the uh with a transporter or something and they took two different characters and merged them into one yeah, and they made Tuvix. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yep. That was I love the character of Tuvix, yep. and that he doesn't want to separate. He wants to say who, who stay who he is because he's a unique individual now. He doesn't yeah. want to die. It was a really powerful episode, and then of course we get Neelix and Tuvix. Tuvac. What was his name? Tuvok. Tuvok. Yeah, we get them back. Yeah. Which I thought the combining those characters was better. 
I, I like that character more. Well, I wanted them to keep him. Yeah, but then they would have had to cut one of the actors from the show, wouldn't they? They would have so. had to cut two. Oh, well, they cut two of them, yeah, because he was played by a third actor. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it, I think, I think, it, I'm di- like all Star Trek episodes, it had some good episodes, it had some terrible episodes. Sure. So, uh, you know, it was, it was as uneven as anything else. But I think overall, um, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, definitely like you, I look back on it with fondness. It's, it's weird now because back, back in the day. I'd seen every episode of Star Trek there was, and I remembered them all. And now sometimes I flip on the TV and an episode of Voyager will come on and I'll think, I don't remember ever watching this one. And then, of course, I, I realised I did. I'd just forgotten it because I'm getting old. Yeah, it's been, what, 25 years since that I time? think one, yeah. I, they did use it to to really question, you know, the impact of, of something like that. One of my favourite ones was the one where the Doctor gets reactivated kind of 50 years after Voyager's left the planet and they've there's a, you know, a MacGuffin that's left a copy of him behind. Yes. Um, I remember and, that one vaguely. And Voyager is, has, the, the mythology around Voyager has, has portrayed it as, as bad and horrible and all of this sort of thing. And in fact, he's able to set the record straight and say, well, no, I was there. This is what really happened. And it's it's a very interesting twist on... You know, history is written by the people who you know who write the history books rather than the people who actually can tell you what actually happened. It was it was really really interesting. I remember I really liked the uh, actress and character of Kess. Um, yeah. she aged really fast or something like that. I can't remember her all the details. She, yeah, she only had like a, she was only meant to have a seven year lifespan or something. Yeah, and she left the yeah. series like after season two or three, and um, she had a you. huh. Yeah, the actress who played her, oh, she did well, not have she did not have a good life afterwards. No, no, so she really went off the rails. She, I, I read a story about her just recently, and holy crap! I yeah. mean, she went downhill so fast. I think she got into drugs and yeah, uh, arrested a bunch of times. Just sad because I thought she yeah, had a so very she, promising career. And and you wouldn't recognize her now. Oh I mean, no, really, you would not. You know, it's uh, it's kind of it is very sad. Yeah. It's very sad that people. You know, anybody goes through that sort of thing. And I know, no, no, it's more co- far more common than we'd like to think, but um, it is kind of sad, you know. Now, Tuvok was played by Tim Ross. He's very active on social media. He's very yeah. much uh, an anti-MAGA um, guy on Twitter. Okay. I don't follow him, but I see his tweets all the time. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but I think Voyager was, in some ways as good as the next generation uh and in some ways not i don't think their characters were as impactful and memorable as the ones on star trek generations or uh next generation yeah um but that being said i you know the one they brought back seven of nine i thought was the least interesting of all the characters i'd rather have chocolate i wanted to see what happened with chakotay he was one of my favorite characters yep you know where did he go along? Where, where's he at? Did you know yeah, um, that would have been interesting? Because obviously, you know, we saw him for seven years, but really turn his back on the Maquis and, and become a really, you know, tr- a re- good, not only good Starfleet officer, but a, a really, second in command, a trusted friend, second in command yeah. to Janeway. And of course, you know, all of these people when they get back to the Federation after seven years are going to be remembered for who they were when they left. Exactly, uh, and you'd want to see how that was resolved and. You know that that's one of the things that uh, obviously 
Gene Roddenberry wanted to kind of make out that in the 24th century we would be more advanced and less judgmental and all of that sort of thing. And the reality over the years was that Star Trek became very much more of a mirror of our current society rather than that. Um, and, uh, I'd, yeah, I would have been interested to see how that went. Uh, did you know Garrett Wang and uh, Robert McNeil, Tom Harris and Harry Kim, who I, by the way, I loved Harry Kim. Yeah. You know, they have a uh, podcast where they they're watching each episode and then they have a podcast and they talk about it, their history and stuff on the oh, show. No, I didn't. I'd, uh, I'd probably want to check that it's, out. It's, it's been out for a while. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if they finished it or they keep doing it. I don't know. But I remember listening to one episode. I was really entertained by it. Yeah. Um, but no, it, I think that it doesn't get the respect of the Star Trek fandom that it deserves. I when I when I stop and I think what's the best Star Trek series to date, I gotta say Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just so good on so many levels. I hated the ending, and I hated how you don't find out whatever happens to Cisco. But yeah, um, but but right after that, I gotta say Next Generation. I think it had the one of the best series finales of all time. Where Picard is in three different time periods: the current, the past, and the future, yeah. and it, it was just fantastic. It was so good. I, I rewatched that probably ten times after it mm-hmm. came out. What was your favorite Star Trek series? Uh, I, I like them all differently. I mean, Deep Space Nine was great, but if you go back and watch early Deep Space Nine, it's terrible. It is. It's, it so, kicks in in season three. That's when it gets exactly, really good. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I, but the I same thing with season. Next Generation. Next Generation was terrible the first two well, seasons. Well, yeah. It was really, yeah, again, it was the third season. It really hit its stride. Um, the first season was actually quite awful. Yes. Um, it got a bit better. Though, I, I said the first season finale was actually really good. The yep. one where the, the aliens are taking over Starfleet. Yep. That was pretty good, actually. But... Um, yeah, it really hit its stride, you know, midway through. I'd say through the second season. Whereas Voyager started really strong, and they it did. It was in the middle was a little, uh, but the last two seasons was really good. So when they brought the Borg yeah. in strong, that's when it got good. Yeah, uh, and and I always thought actually that that one of the strengths of Voyager was the the bad guys they came up with because they would do this thing where they have a bad kind of a, like an overarching bad guy as they went through a sector of space so you'd see them a few times yep. and some of them were really really clever yes. I mean the, 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 the original ones the, the ones who um, who kidnapped people for their body parts because they had a disease mm-hmm. that, was, that was really kind of scary it really was the, uh, the, the Kazon who were the the, the, the like, generic bad in the first season weren't very good um, but then some of the other ones well the Herogen who were the the hunter ones yep um we were talking about Predator last time, and, and they were a bit predatorish, but they were kind of cool. Yep. Um, and uh, and yeah, the, the the fact that they came up with a a, um, a species that the Borg even feared, I thought was really really well done as well. You know, so yeah, they 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 had a, they really had the space to uh, excuse the pun, but to explore some different ideas. Um, and they did. They also had a pretty good run of these two parters. The one where. Um, uh, the the ship gets dis- there was a year of hell when the ship basically gets destroyed piece by piece yep. until they reset it in the end of the second episode because it's a time travel episode it was actually really really well done um yeah, and yes you knew it was all going to go back to normal at the end but but actually the performances in that you know 
uh, Tuvok gets made blind and is still trying to carry on and you see what it does to Janeway to basically steadily lose her ship and crew and, uh, you know, what, how it affects her. I think it was all really, really well done. I, I really enjoyed that one or two. Um, so in terms of my favourite series, I, you know what, I really couldn't pick. I love them all for different things. I even like Enterprise. Um, I really enjoyed Enterprise as well. For different things, though, not for, um, you know, I don't, I don't think I could pick one over the other. My problem with Vo- um, Enterprise is I just never bought into the series. Right. It, it just felt, I don't know, contrite. And then for the series finale to find out the entire thing was nothing but, you know, uh, a hologram. Well, know. not the entire show, well, just that, that, that episode. one episode. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I definitely a very, very weak series finale. It felt um, like they rushed it. Like, oh shit, we got canceled. I think they only uh, went like yeah, four or five seasons. Yeah. And, and actually the best... The best series of Enterprise was the one where they were in the... Um, it was a little bit like Voyager, actually, where they were isolated in that area of space and they were trying to stop the destructive weapon. Um, and they I become more it. and more desperate. Uh, what was it called now? Um, they, they basically... They spent an entire season trying to... St- you remember there was a there was like a, a an alien attack on Earth? Yep. And, and they had to go into, into this area of space, this expanse, and try and stop the people in there from doing it. Um, and they had just spent the entire season doing it, and they completely cut off from Starfleet at this point. They become more and more desperate. That was a really good season. And it's interesting that because it kind of mirrors the setup of Voyager, you know, where you're, really does. you're on your own. You're, you have to use your own resources. Um, for the new Star Trek stuff, I'm looking forward to the last season, and it is the last season of Picard. Although yep. I'm a little season two was not nearly as good as season one so i'm a little apprehensive about it i'm like "Eh." i i kind of think that picard should have been a one and done and that was it no more picard you get one last season just the one season i should say and that wraps up that character i i kind of think they should have gone that route well you know look i I think if, if patrick stewart says he wants to do another season and the first one's been well received, then you're going to do another season. I think they and need I, to kill it, his it character appears off. That, it appears that what he said this time was, I want to do one final season, but I want to bring all the other crew back. And so they said, right, fine. So yeah. we'll see how good it, we'll see how good it is. Um, you know, it, it, don't get me wrong. I got, I geeked not. out on, on the um, final season trailer. I did see right. seeing everybody in, and Wolf's or Worf saying he's a pacifist now—that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Lore comes back; that mm-hmm. was good because he was—he was a good, scary character when yeah, played right. Um, yeah. But I—I I don't know. I—I I think when they wrap it up, I think they have to kill Picard. I have to—he has to die. I think we want to see a, a, an actual finale with Picard. I don't want to see yeah. him pop him up in a guest role at you know ninety eight years kind of old. Kind of tough now, you know. He's a he's a he's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> he's a spoilers. He's an android now. Um, you know. I know. At uh, one point they were talking about a young Picard series, and I was like, yeah, we don't need that. Look, I think I think the thing with Star Trek is the best stuff going on with Star Trek now is is the new stuff. I agree. Um, so, and and look at what we've just seen in Star Wars with Andor, is that when you go away from the stuff that people absolutely are massive fans of from the past, get move away from nostalgia and do something new with it, 
it's more interesting. Absolutely. And, um, and uh, you know, I think that's that that's something that creatives in Hollywood need to remember is that actually doing new stuff is often more interesting and and, and if all you ever did was go and revisit the nostalgia, then we would we would never have the stuff we're nostalgic about now. You know, if they'd have gone back and done um, a sequel, a prequel Star Trek series with the young, with the young Kirk and and Spock and McCoy, which is what they've done with the movies, yeah, we wouldn't have, we'd never would have the Next Generation or That's anything true. that came after it. So, you know, sometimes you have to say we've got to have the the um, courage to do something new. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I finally did watch the last season of um, what is it? Is it Discovery? Is that the new yeah. one? Yeah, I finally watched that. Um, is that? Am I getting it right? Is it Discovery? That's the one that's in the future now. In the future, yeah, yeah. Um, it got better as the season went on. Yeah, I kind of gave sp- up on it, but yeah, I re- I remember saying that to you, and I actually. From about a third of the season in towards the end, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I, I was going to say the same thing about the last third of it was fantastic. Yeah. It was way better. Um, and of course, I just don't like some of the characters. I don't like Michael. She's boring to me. Right. She just, she doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think she has great. I'm just tired of every episode. She has to have a five minute dialogue where she's inspiring people. Or yeah. she's getting them past the trauma, and it's just it, come on. It, it, I don't buy it. It just she doesn't do it for me. They are gradually with that show starting to focus more on some of the other characters who effectively who are more entertaining. Yes, yeah, and you know the fact that they've started focusing on those is is definitely to the show's strength. Yep, I think I really want to know more about. The uh, the two bridge officers who yes. sit at the front. Yeah, the yeah. one seems to be suffering from a lot of trauma, and they've yeah, exactly. kind of teased and, it, and then nothing. Yeah, and I and I think I'm thinking, you know, I want to see them grow. We they have actually done a pretty good job of um, taking who, somebody who was a, quite an annoying character, which is the uh, ensign Tilly, yeah, and turning her into something who's become far more interesting now. Yeah, and I think yeah, they need to start much doing that. <laughs> Yeah, we, um, well, look, well, I don't, I don't know whether there were reasons why she didn't do as many episodes in that season as not from a personal point of view, but um, yeah, there are. There's the uh, the other bridge officers as well. There's the um, well, <laughs> I only I don't really know their names. So I only know from where they stand on the bridge. There's the guy who who stands on Michael's left, uh, left shoulder. Yeah, the kind of Asian looking guy. Yeah, and then there's the blonde girl on the other side. Yeah. Who you know, and, and again, I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, I, I want to know more about these people. How does being in the future affect them? They've made these huge sacrifices as well, and maybe they're as angsty about it as Michael is. What? Let's find out how it's how it, you know how they feel about it. The the new characters I don't like at all are the two young people. Right. The uh, the trans the trans type characters. Yeah, yeah. Say, yeah. It's not that I don't. I, I you know I've got a daughter who's a trans, so that doesn't yeah. bother me. I just find the characters themselves pointless. I don't see why I, I can't figure out every time they're on the screen. They're not they're not really pushing the story forward in any significant way. No, I, I think they're, they're there so to demonstrate their own why journey. Why are they there? Yeah, they're there to demonstrate their own journey, which um, you know, is it's an interesting journey, but I'm not sure it really fits with the sci fi. That's show, exactly right. From, yeah. Apart from demonstrating that 
you know, people in that situation also have to go on that sort of journey. But it it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't really integrate into the rest of the show. And the one um, boy, the one that he's left now, but he didn't, I don't understand. I, I, I can't remember every detail, is a terrible actor. He is so bad. Every time he's acting, it's just awful. I think what you're talking about, you're talking about the one who was the ghost and then came back. Yes. That one. Yes. Yeah. He is you, a I, I know terrible actor. He, oh, he can't I, act for, to save I don't his know life. Whether it's, I don't know whether it, he's a bad actor or whether it's just the way he's playing the role. But the problem is, is it's very one note. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. And that, and that's, that's the difficulty I have with it is that it doesn't really have any light and shade. No. Uh, whereas the, the other character who is his partner, um, at least, that actor brings some nuance to the role. I agree. In terms, you know, is very good. Is very good at been demonstrating. You know, look, I, I really think I deserve to fit in here, but I'm not 100 percent sure. And I think I'm up to it, but I'm not 100 percent sure. And I'm dealing with stuff that's very difficult, and I'm not 100 percent sure. And the the relationship between that actor and um, the doc, the, uh, uh, the, the, the science, science engineer. Yeah, is really really well done in terms of the the mentorship and the father 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 role is very good as well. Yeah, but um, but yeah, you're absolutely right in terms of their their arc in the series. It, it's just they just seem to have been plonked into it. Yeah, they to say they, they use scotch they don't tape really to fit. yeah, like okay, let's let's have these type of characters. Okay, what are we going to do with them? I don't know. Let's <laughs> put them in there. It 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 feels scotch taped on. Yeah. And if you're going to have characters like that, have a point to those characters. I want to see, yeah. you know, something exciting, something sad, something, give me something. But right now they're just window dressing and I don't appreciate it. Every yeah. single time they came on the screen, I was like, ugh, I got to listen yeah. to their dredge because their lines are terrible. The one kid can't act at all. This is bad. Yeah. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, though, I'd really love in Discovery is the guy who plays um book uh michael's boyfriend yes yeah he, he is, is fantastic a, he's an amazing actor and he has a really great from a character who in the previous season was kind of the you know the generic happy-go-lucky hero type yep they really gave him a, an extremely powerful arc and he played it to perfection i mean just, just completely understand his all of his anger motivation for everything he does he wants revenge and but my issue with this series or with this uh, season is that they kind of reset at the end as they want to do. But what he did this season should have been unforgivable. Yeah. I mean, he went full terrorist route to, yeah. to, to, and all of a sudden it's just like, okay, well, he, yeah, he got in trouble. He just got, he, he has to go help these people rebuild. Well, really? I blame the other guy. That's well, right. but the said, other guy said, as a bad guy was fantastic. He was so he was. arrogant. Yeah. And then you see his vulnerabilities that he was actually in love with this other guy that was a, yeah. an alien trapped with him. And he's just yeah. doing anything he can to get back to his partner. That's right. But I, I, think I, I got it and I understood it and it made sense yeah. and it was a good but let's character face arc. It. Yeah, let's face it. Book's boyfriend. Uh, sorry, Book, Michael's boyfriend. Had a contract for the next season, and the other guy didn't. So he did it. Yeah. That's why he copped. That's why he copped the blame. Yeah, and book gets away with it. And my my contracted. guess is, you'll see maybe two episodes of his penance, and then he's going to be right back on the bridge. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, and, well, yeah. 
let's face it that that that's michael's arc i mean they've they've already shown that it's just like you know you can start a war even with the best of intentions and after a few episodes it's like all is forgiven well yeah. only when he got to the future though no even in the past though i mean michael got forgiven fairly quickly in the first season yeah that's true yeah so. yeah and he really anyway. screwed up back big 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 time big, big um time. let's move away from star trek and we're talking about nostalgia here um i didn't even know this was going to happen i'm not sure how i felt about it i i liked the movie never paid much attention to the series i watched a few episodes and it never captured my attention and that's stargate um mm-hmm. i remember watching the movie kurt russell um what's his name um oh played ultron what's his name uh james spader yeah james spader james spader's kind of i think the scientist geeky guy and that's right he's the guy who figures out the stargate yeah i like the concept behind stargate that it's a stargate and it you know didn't it originate on earth and the egyptian culture okay. went out to so let me let me fill in for you here as somebody yeah. who's a big fan of um i'm not so much much a fan of the movie as i am of the tv show i loved the tv show and i came to it quite late i came to it after it finished and i i watched the entire thing nine seasons of it and the movies and that sort of thing as well so it was atlantis it was sg1 yeah i watched all of those as well and they were all fantastic i loved them so the idea is is that um in way beyond prehistory an alien race um across the galaxy across the galaxies developed this stargate technology uh, and as they spread through the galaxy, they build the stargates on planets so that you can move between planets very easily. And there's a, there's like there is like a it's almost like a telephone exchange. You dial codes on the gate, and that that will create a wormhole to another gate, and then you can walk through and and travel. And um, after that, the uh, the originating race kind of disappears from the galaxy, and other races kind of take over and. Um, use the Stargate network for their own ends. And what happens is that on Earth, this scientist, this Egyptologist, figures out that there's a Stargate there, and he also figures out the code system to take it to a different planet. Now, in the movie, they kind of, they've done all this setup, and then they kind of waste, they waste that opportunity, because in the movie, they dial up a different planet, and then they go there, and they have an action-adventure that's not terribly interesting, to be honest. Um what the TV series is, does is is actually say, well, you know, obviously this is not just one link; it's a network to the entire Multiple, galaxy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, which makes more we sense. Can u- we can use that to explore, you know, to go out into the galaxy and explore it. And at the same time, they're still fighting the baddies from the first movie, who are the Goa'uld, who are, are like alien parasites that infect people and um, subjugate people. And they use the technology they acquire, including the Stargates, to help them do that. And um, that's kind of how this TV series is set up. And, you know, because they can go anywhere without having to worry about the cost of, of special effects for spaceships and everything, it became a very, very easy show to do different things with. And that's what made it quite interesting. And what they also did is they took all the characters from the original movie and they kind of fleshed them out and made them more detailed. So and the TV series like, is the same characters, just different actors, obviously. It is the same characters, different actors, yeah. Uh, in the main, I mean, there are some new characters who are added. Oh, but, sure. Um, the, Colonel, the, uh, the James Spader character is recast by a great actor uh, called Michael, Michael Shanks. 
uh, and then um, uh, what's the name? Kurt Russell character is recast as uh, recast using the uh, actor who played MacGyver, Richard Dean Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of course, you know they. Richard Dean Anderson, in particular, he, he he effectively plays a very different version of the of the uh, major than than Kurt Russell did. Obviously, in in the TV show, he's really he's he's kind of got PTSD about the accident, death, death of his son. He's kind of got a suicide wish and all that sort of thing. In the TV show, he's far more happy-go-lucky, and he kind of plays him as you know very committed, but quite bemused by all the weird stuff he sees every week. Um, so it's much more light-hearted and it's very, it's much more entertaining to be honest. And I tell you, the Stargate TV series is a great, great show. It really is. I might have um, to. Uh, they're all online, so I might have to go. In yeah. fact, I think they're all on Amazon because the news that came out was there's a new Stargate movie and it's premiering on Amazon Prime. Amazon's going kind of like they did with Lord of the Rings. They're going all in with Stargate, um, and they're talking cool. about an actual TV series on Amazon following the movie. Um, so here's the question. So will, that, will that basically ignore the continuity? Of the well, TV nobody, series? nobody knows. And, and right. that's kind of the question. My, my guess is going to be yes. Yeah. I think, and I think I seem you to have remember to. that. Yeah. It, I mean, the original Stargate movie was a, uh, M- Dean Emmerich, you know, those, those guys who did the big disaster movies. It was yes. one of their first movies. And I seem to remember hearing a few years ago that they were trying to do sequels, movie sequels and they were saying yeah we're not gonna we're, we're gonna f- ignore the tv show because we had nothing to do with that um so so that i suspect that's what's probably going to be however as i said the tv show made far better use of the universe they'd set up than the movies did so i'll be interested to see how they bridge that gap if that's the approach they're going what if they're going to incorporate them all together I, well, I think yeah, it would be a I, mistake. Well, if, even if they don't incorporate, I think the concept of actually... Because in the movie, it's very clear that the in the movie, the Stargate only goes one place. Well, which is yeah, that's a different... Egypt planet. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, it's obviously not going to be just that. I, that There's not well, enough there for not. A, a TV series. But yeah. if they're going to redo it, if they're going to make a new Stargate, at this point in time, I think you have to ignore all of the series that came before you well, gotta you start yeah, from I mean, scratch there's, yeah there's like if you take uh the original ser- the sg1 series and then atlantis and then uh, universe there's like 14 or 15 seasons of continuity yeah. so you gotta you start from to, scratch you have to jettison that yeah. because obviously you know otherwise the question you get is well what happened to these guys and what happened to these aliens well plus and, i don't think enough people it was always a b-rated show it was one of those syndicated ones, and I don't think most people watched it. I'll be honest with you, I, I never hear anything about Star uh, Stargate. Never. I don't. I don't think you do now. I think at the time it was pretty big in the yeah. because you've got to remember back. But this was this was you know, 80s, during the early two thousands when yeah. there wasn't that much sci fi going around. You know, so you had to take what you can get. The the one thing that always illustrated to me that Stargate was perhaps bigger than I thought it was, is one day I'm driving down the motorway um, and I look into this farmer's field next to the motorway and there's just a Stargate sat in the middle of it. Oh, that's Full size, cool. yeah, with the dial-home device, the, the kind of pedestal in front of it, right? And I thought, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, it really was incongruous because if you knew what it was, you immediately, they're very, very recognisable. Sure. And I, so I got home. 
I went on the internet, I kind of put the location in Stargate, and I found loads of people going, what the hell, there's a Stargate <laughs> the, near this junction of the motorway? Yeah, right? And it turned out they the, the farmer was doing uh, paintball. Oh. And he'd used it as, as a base. You know, they do capture the flag in paintball. Yeah. So you'd have one team who had to defend the Stargate, and then you had other, other people attacking the Stargate. And that's what he was doing. And he was obviously a fan. But the thing is, you know, it, it really uh, it really caused a stir because, as I said, people were going, what the hell does a Stargate in the field in Leicestershire? <laughs> There's a uh, post that I put on Facebook, um, if anybody's still wondering what I want for Christmas, and this is it. A guy built a full-size X-Wing fighter, and wow. it's got a little electric motor, so he, he takes it in parades and, you know, drives it. Cool. And he goes to, you know, Dragon Con and Comic Con with it and stuff like that. That's what I want. I want a full-size X-Wing. You want a full-size one? Yeah. I've actually seen they have little toy ones now that are like quadcopters built in so they can fly. Oh, that'd be and cool. I've been looking at those thinking that looks nice, but I, you'd want you'd want laser weapons in it and maybe a matching TIE fighter so you could have battles. Yeah, oh, what's the point otherwise? <laughs> I was, uh, we were at a, a Christmas parade last night, Cole was in, and thankfully he was at the very beginning of it, so as soon as he walked by, we ran to the car and drove to the school to pick him up. We have to sit out there the whole time. Um, but there's a guy here in town who goes to all these events and he films them, and he's really good, with his uh, drone. Right, you know, and it flashes red and green, and he's he went down the whole. Well, it was kind of an L shape, you know, parade route. Uh, yep. But man, that thing would zoom down the street, up above the buildings. Don't get me wrong; it yeah. wasn't street level, but that thing must have been going sixty miles an hour. Just whoa, oh yeah, just fly, and he that he, that thing would bank and it would stop and it hover and he'd come back and it was. I I, I have zero skill when it comes to yeah. that. I so want a drone. I so want to just fly it around the town and stuff. I know I suck at them. I'd be crashing it all the time. It would be a very expensive, stupid hobby. Well, actually, you wouldn't because the thing is now the things virtually fly themselves. So I've had had a couple. I had an original DJI one. I've I've currently got, I think, the DJI Mini. Um, And the thing is, is, yeah, if you let go of the controls, it just stops. It just hangs there. They are very, very easy to It's fly. not letting go of the controls is the problem. It's crashing into a tree because I suck at stuff like that. Well, you won't. No, you won't because you they've, they really are much easier to fly than you think they are because of the... You can put them in a mode where the controls are not as sensitive, which is a good thing to do to start. And they are, they are really very, very easy to fly. Mm. Uh, and you really have to be kind of being quite reckless with it to crash them nowadays. So, um, Aren't they still pretty expensive, you know, though? Not really. No, I think the one the one I've got is about four hundred dollars, something like that, with the controller. That's um, not too bad. It's not too bad for what you get. I mean, you are don't get me wrong. If you buy an absolutely cheap one, then you may have problems. But even then, DJI do a one called the Trello, which is almost like a toy one, but it still has the camera and the video transmission to the phone and all that sort of thing and the stable flight modes. And I think that's only about hundred dollars. Um, the, and, and it's one of those areas where because there's so much interest in them, they've been, they've been developed very quickly. I mean, the ones nowadays are far and away better than the ones even from a few years ago. And as I say, you know, it's, it's an expensive toy if you just want to fly it occasionally rather than somebody who's actually got, who's actually got a use case for it. But nevertheless, they are, um, 
they're pretty consumer friendly nowadays. The biggest problem is dealing dealing with all the regulations because they are relatively heavily regulated now for the reasons that you know they can be used intrusively and they also could be dangerous. Hmm. If you crashed one into somebody, it could really hurt them. So um, there are there is some FAA regulations now, and because of uh, we had an incident here in the UK a few years ago where they managed to shut the airport down for three days because they kept flying drones over it. So um, they are funny, quite though. heavily regulated now. It, it, that's kind of funny, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it, as a part of me, that's like what people at the time. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was they, they just couldn't find who was flying the drones. Well, yeah, how they, do you? Know, you? The drones would appear and they'd have to shut the airport because they didn't want a plane to hit it. The drone would then disappear again. The police never found out who it was. Um, and uh, in fact, I think they did pick up some completely innocent couple and hold them in prison for a, uh, in jail for a, a day or so while they ascertained they had nothing to do with drones. But, um, but yeah, it was... Um, and after that, of course, then we got regulation. So now, even for the very, very lightest drones in the UK, you have to have uh, you have to register it so that they can um, they know who you are. So, DJI Mini SE drone quadcopter with three-axis gimbal, two point seven K camera, GPS, thirty minutes flight time, uh, three forty. Yeah, and that's all you need. They yeah, they're, they're, they've just minutes. released a new version of the Mini that's a little bit more expensive. What do you hook it up more, to your cell phone or something? Otherwise, I just yeah, see uh, a handheld they, control. Yeah, they, basically the controller has aerials in it that allows it to communicate with the drone and also takes the video from the drone to the controller and then the controller then uses your phone as a display. So you hmm. plug your phone into it and um, that's what you get. And the, the latest ones apparently, well, even the 250-gram drone will fly... 10 kilometers away and still give you a picture i mean you know it's using its own um video transmission service it's not just using wi-fi what have you uh and um yeah that i mean the one you just looked at the mini se i saw a youtube video of one of those a few years ago where the guy took off from the beach in miami flew about a mile and a half out over the sea to a cruise ship that was leaving the port flew around the cruise ship and then flew back and the- <laughs> You know, and it was a an amazing looking video, and uh, that was a drone that yeah that costs a few hundred dollars. I mean, it really is uh, amazing what you can do for the, for very little money nowadays. Uh, they, I don't know. I'm scared of them. Um, <laughs> I just think I'll break the stupid thing. Uh, here at the end of the show, let's talk a little bit about what's going on over at DC because there's been a lot of news coming out in the last week. Um, a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, um, Harry Can- Henry Cavill had quit the Witcher series. He appears, at, I know you haven't finished it, and spoilers for anybody no, who hasn't I know, watched it. I know what happens at the yeah. end of Black Adam, yeah. Black Adam, he shows up and has a line, and okay. And I know we're supposed to be like, oh my God, but we nobody really cared. Because um, Black Adam is just so bad. It's got some good parts, but it's it's just the rock. Let's it shouldn't have been him well, playing the role. Right. So yeah, what I would say, having watched about two thirds of it now, is that I think he does the best with the very limited material yeah. that he's got. And and not to give him too much of a pass on that, because apparently he was very, very closely involved in writing and creating this movie, making it happen. And I think 
I think a lot of these ex-wrestlers get short shrift and people forget that to become a wrestling performer and performance is what it is, yep. you have to be able to, first of all, deal with the incredibly cheesy scripts they're given, but you have to effectively tell the story of your character through movement, right? Through the fighting. And that is what they do. And they are very good at it. And I think that's why you see some of these actors like uh, The Rock, like John Cena, yeah, are incredible actors because, you know, they're not only do they... And they're particularly good at these action-orientated roles because not only are they good actors, um, but, you know, they can tell story through movement. I think the problem with um, Black Adam is that there's limited opportunity for him to do that because most of the time his character is CGI because he's always hovering rather than standing for some reason. Uh, and, um, yeah, I just think the 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 backstory is rushed the uh you know that you're always up against it with that sort of character because he's effectively invincible so it's hard to make to give him challenges uh and the the path they put the they put the character through is very very hackneyed we've seen it a hundred times before the most interesting characters in that movie are the justice society exactly um, yes they're much much better and i'm think i'm sat there thinking i'd rather see a movie with just these guys yeah and then again you 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 think in universe you think well where the hell have these guys come from they're awesome and nobody's ever seen them before exactly and, uh, <laughs> you know it's like where were they when superman and uh, and uh, the other Kryptonians were kicking hell out of Met- Metropolis. Yeah, we saw uh, Batman, and, but where were these guys? If they were yeah, exactly. so powerful, and, and where the hell were they? This is part of the problem with the mess that Warner have made with the DC universe, isn't it? It is yep. so incoherent. Yes. Um, well, and, the uh, news that came out is that it, it, there's no lock in Harry Cavill playing Superman anymore. In fact, as you mentioned to me before we started recording wonder woman 3 was canceled yeah um and well, i don't have a problem with it i know some people are like oh well, Patty you know what? jenkins can... she was so wonderful with wonder woman I, right did you watch wonder woman 1984 yeah. no i i, I agree with you i think garbage I, I think i think we're both of a mind on, on what a failure wonder woman 84 was what i think the only thing that slightly concerns me about that is how many male directors have we seen kind of make a couple of flops and still be given opportunities to move forward, even sometimes with the same character. But I don't think that, uh, and I, look, I don't want to get in James Gunn's head, but here's what I believe. they He and his buddy is now in charge of the DC properties and they're going to wipe the slate clean as much as they possibly can. They don't want the DC Snyderverse and yeah. they don't want that stink on anything they have. Look, Superman should be a shining example. And if you want to know what that means, go watch the very first Superman movie from 1978. That's Superman. This brooding, I'm hiding my powers. I let my father die because he wanted to for reasons. Um, It it was just terrible. It wasn't good. And I like the first Superman movie, the Man of Steel one. I thought it was good. But uh, you know what? At this point, whatever's out there, just let it finish put them out there well, I, I don't, and have I a don't, reboot date that this is the new DC universe. I ag- I agree absolutely with what you're saying. I mean, you and I have both criticized the Snyderverse uh, endlessly, yes. but I don't understand why you have to recast the actor to be able to do that. Henry because Cavill's you've got to have a break. You've got to nah, have something I new. I don't think so. I, I think, do. I think, I think you, um, I mean, look at Wonder Woman as an example. Everyone loved Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Yes, they I didn't do too. Like that, 
They didn't want, like like the movie Wonder Woman 84, so you don't need to recast that. You could just do a different style of movie with a different person leading it, and you don't need to recast the actor. And the same with Henry Cavill. You want to do a, a Boy Scout Superman movie, do it, but do it with Henry Cavill. He's perfectly capable of playing it. Oh, I, I love the throw actors. Out the continuity. I, I like Ben Affleck as Batman. I love the guy who plays Superman. I love Gail Gadot. She's great. She is Wonder yeah. Woman. She's fantastic. Yeah, but, but, but there's the so problem. much stink from what came well, before. It's, yeah. it's just all, for the most part, I, there's but, good parts, but the first Wonder Woman movie, it was a good movie. It was just Captain America, though. I mean, really, yeah. it was so unoriginal. It was just like, yeah, she's great as Wonder Woman, and a fish out of water story is hard to screw up. Um, but really can can we just she was there and then she had a this big movie in 84 but now nobody knows who she is there was it's just ah. well yeah as i said the continuity i'm I have no problem suggesting the, the continuity the problem is is that most, particularly with wonder woman i am concerned that she will just become a sidekick again and i think that does a disservice to the character i think she deserves her own movies i don't think she she'll deserves- be i don't know if you watch james gunn's movies he does not have weak female characters no, i would I'm say there's weak few- female characters i'm saying she's still the psychic she gets limited screen time she will get of course she will because it's an ensemble piece i don't well everybody does i mean well yeah but but not if they have their own movie and and this is why i well that's I, what i'm I saying mean, start I, I from scratch if- we don't need I- justice league right away no, I, but who's saying that? But the problem is they've scrapped Wonder Woman 3. Instead of retooling Wonder Woman 3 into something new or even a reboot or anything like that, they've just basically abandoned it because the last movie didn't make any money. They're not doing that with the Batman, even though it's not Ben Affleck. They were going forward with Wonder Woman 3. The old DC people were. This wasn't canceled because of a money reason. It was canceled well, because they're redoing the entire because it's so uh, screwed well, up. I suspect it was cancelled because of a money reason. Because the new people who run DC and Warner Brothers nowadays have made it perfectly clear they're not going to invest in things that weren't successful. So that's what that's well, what that's all anybody this has been though. Up in I here. mean, why would why would you well, yeah, invest in anything with, that wasn't with successful? One, with one with Wonder Woman, as I say, you know, um, male directors get more passes than Patty Jenkins has been given uh, than than one bad movie. And um, I think it's disappointing that they won't put the money to say, look, we know that this combination can produce a great product. And yeah, they had a misfire, but let's back them again because we know it's a great product and a great property. Instead, my concern is that what will happen is that Wonder Woman will be reduced to a side character again. Mm. And I, I think, that I think dis- you're wrong. I, well, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I well, really because do. James but, Gunn is in charge of this now. And, and I yeah. think he has a vision of what DC should be. I think it probably aligns more closely with what you and I would like to see in DC. As far as the casting, I, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. I think the actors that play them are more than capable. But the problem with keeping the same characters, if you're really trying to reboot all of this and get it right now, you can't keep the same actors. It doesn't. Well, it's too confusing. You know Despite the very up and down um, uh appearance of amanda waller it seems like the same actress doesn't matter what she does what uh, she appears in amanda waller is always the same person yeah. I'm, I'm sorry i don't i don't necessarily buy 
what you're saying in terms of the recasting because you know i think amanda waller is a very good example she's been in some stinker movies and yet here she is in black adam again popping up still playing the same character doing the same thing in very much the same way in very much the uh that's my point they need to reboot the whole thing well and i'm talking about here's here's a good idea and they probably won't do it we know the Flash is still going to be released. They, it's going to happen, even though Ezra Miller is never going to play the role after this movie ever again. Um, I, I, I've got to be honest. I'm I'm at the point now where I don't think. I I was thinking about this uh, the the other day. The problem with Ezra Miller is that the character that he plays in certainly the one the ones he's played up until now in terms of how he plays the Flash is that kind of sweet naive bumbling you know really wants to be helpful has these amazing powers you know but but really feels like um you know he's the new boy doesn't really have a lot of confidence to me that characterization which i really like for barry allen doesn't fit with the the reality of what i know the actor is who is who is by all accounts an out of control drug fueled a-hole yeah, and I I think I'm gonna struggle to get past that in his performance. I am too. I, I really worry that it's gonna spoil the Flash movie for me for that reason. I, I worry about that too. But there is an opportunity here because of what this movie is. Is you use that as the way to reboot everything. You, that's yeah. that's the starting or ending point or starting point. It's it's the same thing. It ends but everything you, that's come before and whatever happens in this movie reboots the entire universe. Well, I, I don't. I, I think that's the Batman proves you don't need to, in one movie, reset the universe. To uh, you know that that's a that's a comic book fan thing, and most people I don't who see these movies as we as I've said before, I don't think are all the hardcore comic book fans. I think most people, you know, they don't they know who these character they know what these characters are and who they are. They don't need any sort of introduction and i certainly don't think they need to be you know like a new 52 style oh we're resetting the universe now all the next movies will be different i don't think anybody cares the batman was didn't need to do that it just started right away with you everyone coming to this movie knows who batman is you know he's bruce wayne uh and we don't need very much of the setup at all and and they they put very little of it in there um, I think that's the way to do, to read. You even in with Superman, everyone knows where Superman came from and who he is. You just start with Superman being Superman, and in the first ten minutes, you establish what type of Superman this is you're watching. If it's the Boy Scout or if it's the brooding one, I hope it's the Boy Scout, but I still hope it's Henry Cavill playing him because I really like him playing Superman. I think he's a great actor. I agree with you, yeah, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Big, nice, big yellow um, S on the front. Job done. Yep. All sorted. Yep. Get <laughs> get rid of the snakeskin yeah. looking outfit. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Put the trunks back on. Yeah. That's all you need to do is put the trunks back on. Everyone knows this is mm-hmm. a different Superman. Might be might have the same face, but this is a different this Superman. A different Superman. Show him saving a school bus full of kids. Job done. Yep. Yeah. I like that. I, let's do that. And he's got to pick up a car at one point. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that. And I agree with you. The back, Black Adam is terrible. They got the character completely wrong. Um, Black Adam is not a good guy, but he's not a bad guy either. So they were trying to play that. He's like, I'm not a hero. He kept saying that. It's like, hey, but you keep doing heroic things. And, <laughs> yeah. 
even though you're like yeah. literally slaughtering people. Uh, well, look, I think I think the difficulty is first of all, I think yeah, with this, what they should have done with Black Adam is what they did in the comics. Black Adam should have been introduced as, as the antihero to Shazam. It only makes sense that way. In in this movie, you see him. Oh, like they create him like Shazam, and then the wizards have got it wrong. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that's fine, but then you need to do that in the context of a Shazam movie. Rather than as a separate as a separate standalone movie, hundred percent, and then and then yeah, they, but this is the problem that uh, this is a difficulty with the DC universe. It's stuffed with these hugely overpowered characters, and they're very difficult to write a story for. So we now have uh, currently in the DC universe continuity, we've got Superman, we've got Black Adam, and then we've got Shazam himself, and all of them have effectively have the same power sets and are completely and utterly invincible. Yep, except for the you know. Well, come tonight and don't say your name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and even there in Black Adam, they they kind of immediately say, "All right, well, that you your weakness. We'll tell you what it is in case you've forgotten. So you make sure you don't do that." Right? It's just it's just silly. And the problem is, yeah, the overpowered characters fighting each other is just boring because they're invincible. So yep. it doesn't matter how many times you throw them through buildings or walls or whatever you do to them, you know they're gonna crawl out the hole and get up and go at it again and it you know it makes for great special effects but it's boring because it doesn't go anywhere and well it doesn't have to be it. boring because if you look back at the original superman movie he was kind of all powerful but you he showed a lot of vulnerability in each one of the movies yeah. but but modern modern superhero movies don't do that they no. just show them wailing at wailing on each other and it's just like well this all this is doing is filling time Yes, you know, and 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 really in Black Adam, I mean, it went a bit. It, it there was there were some fight sequences, like this fight sequence with Hawkman and Black Adam in the apartment, and you're just watching that thinking, what is this even doing? This is so pointless because you know they're not going to kill each other. No, yeah. And, and when the hell did Hawkman get that All it's doing is burning through the special effects budget without moving the story on a jot. We already know these two guys don't like each other, yeah? So what having them destroy somebody's apartment to show it is just a waste of time. I thought the Black Adam, or I thought the Hawkman character in that was, might be, I really like Pierce Brosnan. I mean, I really yeah. like his, his acting and his role. But yeah. to me, the one that is just the most impressive on screen is Hawkman. But when when he's flying like say, that, that was awesome. He looked awesome. Third, yeah. The first time you see um, Hawkman played as as a as a true badass, because let's yeah. face it, it's a completely ridiculous character. Not in the a, Justice League animated series, he was pretty badass in those. Yeah, two. but in the, the way he's typically shown, and, yes. and certainly in terms of appearances, you look at it and you think that's just ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, but by by, by making him a, by effectively a winged Tony Stark yep. in this, um, yeah, it was awesome, yep. absolutely awesome, but. Um, and we didn't even Again, need to get his origin or any of that. No. Just he's this badass. He's rich. Um, yeah, he, except, he runs this organization. That you see all the stuff he's got. A, he's got an you know an uh, unbreakable plane and all this stuff. And he and again, you just kind of go, well, where the hell have these guys come from? Why have we never seen them before? Right, exactly. You know, especially yeah. especially the guy. You know, Atom Smasher can grow sixty feet tall. You just think, well, you really think. And he took over from the Fonz. He, he took over from the Fonz. <laughs> um and it kind of goes back to my point with james gunn rebooting the whole thing it, it yep. just it he just needs to 
whether it's the well, same actors or new actors, he needs to have more coherent stories. He needs to give vulnerabilities to these characters. We need to know who these characters are outside the outfit, and that's been the biggest problem. That's why yeah. Marvel series has been so good. We know who these people are. We know who Peter Parker is. Yeah. You know, and it's not he's not always in the costume. Oh, I, I take you. Know, I watched um, Homecoming again. Uh, it's so good. Last week, and it, and it, I tell you, it's and it's. I'd say still today, it's almost the perfect sequel. I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's so good. It, it's um, and I will say, I think all three of the Spider-Man movies have been fantastic. They're just so good. Yeah. Um. So you can do characters that are very powerful, but you can't make them invincible. You can't make it so they can't be hurt. And if all we ever see them in costume, then it's boring. Yeah. I mean, Clark Kent is just as important as Superman is. Christopher Reese proved that. He played Clark Kent totally different than Superman. Harry Cavill yeah. has never played, not really, he's never played Clark Kent. When did he no, ever play Clark Kent? Yeah, I think I think the only... I, I mean, they certainly brought across in his movie, in the Cavill movies, his, you know, um, fondness and love for um, Smallville and, and, you know, his mother and all that. They, it really brought across, you know, how important his upbringing was to yep. him. I think, I think he brought that across very well, but I think you're absolutely right. In terms of how he played Clark Kent, it's just basically, it is, you know, a big buff guy in a, in a suit and tie, and doesn't have the same you know i mean the 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 real mastery i think christopher reeve brought to his clock stumbling bumbling different personality yeah even taking the glasses off nobody would mistake him for superman right and those few times when he in his movies where he was going to tell somebody he was superman he would take his glasses off and he would physically change he would he He would would stand up straighter and yeah stand up it was a different person he's like oh he just he just became superman he just yeah and and it was it was um, a very underrated part of his performance, but exactly. I think it, it really made it. And, it, and you're, I, I agree with you. I'd, I'd like to see that again. You know, you really need to. He need you need to show that the the Clark Kent persona is is an act he puts on. Yes. Yeah, and um, and we've not really seen that recently. No, because you know a lot of these nuanced stuff is. is um, is is not what a lot of the people who are bringing these movies to us have been have been worried about. And now people no. might say, well, what about that new series on WB that's been out for a couple of seasons now, Superman and Lois or whatever it's called? No, he's the same as Clark as he is Superman. There's no difference. Yeah, I I look, I think that's slightly different. I'm given more of a pass in that because when we see him as Clark, he's still mostly surrounded by people who know who he, he is exactly. Superman. So, um yeah, I can understand that part of the performance. In fact, in some ways, that because he's he's dealing with his kids and trying to help them understand their situation, I think you you would probably expect him to still behave like Superman, even when he's got a got a shirt on. I will uh, say, I will say, when he reveals himself as Superman to his kids, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I've got to be honest. Like, I've got a mm. lot of time for that show, uh, as I, I think it's one of the better WB shows. Oh, I agree. That, that's been on. I agree. Um, but they need to get rid I, of I, all of them, all of those too. Yeah, I, I like, I like the fact that again, this is a that that show is one that puts Superman in jeopardy quite a lot. But the problem is, I, some characters deserve a TV series to really 
you know, flesh them out and, and kind of Adam Smasher would be a good one for TV. Yeah. And some characters are bigger than life. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman deserve the cinematic treatment. And yeah. maybe if you're going to have, you know, uh, a, a cohesive universe, you're going to have the TV shows too. Then you can let one of these big actors show up for one episode to do something. Yeah. Marvel's had plenty of opportunity where they could have Spider-Man pop into one of these shows or Doctor Strange shows up in WandaVision and they never do it. It it just boggles my mind. I know there's a financial issue and all that, but there's such a missed opportunity that Marvel has had with the TV series that DC could really change that up. Yeah, I wonder if in fact it's it's the fact that a lot of these characters, uh, a lot of these uh, actors' contracts were written before streaming was really what it. What oh, it I'm sure was. it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, sure that's and, a lot to do with it. Going forward, you will see that their uh, their contracts will allow them to do that because um, I think traditionally, because of the difference in pay rates, I suspect that a lot of contracts are they talk about movies only or TV only, but they don't kind of cross over because of the disparity of pay but i think um um i think i i would imagine that marvel is thinking about that going forward and, and i would hope dc is as well you know under this new uh, fiefdom so with that we're going to wrap up this episode of the geeks pub uh we'll be back next week um it's a week before christmas yep. so uh, you know we're not doing this show we're doing tech fan uh yeah. Uh, I don't really have a lot of tech things going on in my life right now. I've kind of, you know, since I got the new Mac and all that, I've kind of just settled down. There's nothing out there that I really want. Monitor, speakers, computer, keyboard, mouse, all my podcasting stuff, my video game stuff. I'm kind of set in stone. There's no like, oh my gosh, I'd like to get this thing. There's nothing out there like that right now. And that's kind of depressing. But, you know, there's, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about Elon Musk screwing up Twitter some more. (laughs) So I'll see you next week, David. See you then.